0: about uh, the sickness but I'm always uh, happy to be here with you this is my I don't know if this is maybe my third I think maybe fourth time I've uh, been able to be with you this is a big weekend in my house my son uh, graduated high school so we had a big party yesterday afternoon we have um, homeschooled our kids so we included kind of a presentation to him yesterday and I gave a charge to him and and his mom got up there as well and had a few words and it was just a wonderful uh afternoon together my my uh, parents are in from Ohio so that's nice on Mother's Day that I got to see mom this morning at my house and wish her happy Mother's Day and and give her a, a gift and my sister's in town she's flying out this morning and so that was nice. She's also from Ohio. And um, my son, by the way, wanted me to let you know that... So he's the one who bought the truck up here, the F-250, the black uh, F-250. He said he wanted... I don't know why he said this, but he said, Dad, tell him it's still running, but it's leaking some pretty good oil. <laughs> so um, he's dealing with that right now. Who knows how many That thing has 200 and some thousand miles easily... And uh, it's been a great truck for him. He, is, he, he has had a, a, really a lawn care business for, so he's 18, for years now. And this thing has kind of grown to where it's now an LLC. It's co- uh, this sounds like I'm making an advertisement for him, doesn't it? But uh, he, you wouldn't have him all the way up here. Um, Birchet Lawn and Landscape and he's almost growing too quickly. It's, uh, he's doing so well, and this is what he's going to do now that he's graduated, and we're very, very happy about that. Uh, he's following the Lord. One of my charges to him yesterday, I was really sharing characteristics that I love about him and that I'm just thankful to God for, and one of those is uh, priority, the word priority, and what I've seen in his life is in that kind of world, of lawn and landscape. It's all about speed and volume. And so you just got to get in and get out and get on. And you want to do a good job. But, but as, as a believer, and he's a believer, it's not all about that. It's not all about getting more jobs and more money. It's also about the Lord. And it's his business, really. And that there are, it's been surprising, there are needs out there that as my son just is faithful to do his job and interact with clients, every once in a while there'll be a lonely single older man who will just share his burdens with my son. And I just w- I-, I thank God that he so far has taken the the view that ministering to this man is more important than getting on with my life and making more money somewhere else. And so I just, I encouraged him. I, uh, on in that yesterday. And I just thank God for my son who's following the Lord. Uh, my 20 year old is following the Lord and uh, my daughter, 20 year old. And now we're, we're hopeful for my 14 year old daughter, uh, that, that she will follow the Lord as well. So you could pray, pray for her. Her name is Lily. So what you know? What do you do when you're you get a text at five, whatever it was? You read it at six something, and um, it's Mother's Day after all. And uh, what do you what's you know? I, I have some options here. I do kind of some itinerant teaching. So what what do we what do I decide upon? You know, uh, I have a, I have the whole Bible that I can pick from here. Um, how about just the gospel? Let's, let's go there, just the gospel this morning, from a story that will be familiar to most, if not all of you, in Luke chapter 5, and it's the encounter between Jesus and the leper. So let me read that, and then I'll pray, and we'll think about it briefly here this morning. Luke chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 12 through 16, even though I'll really only focus on verses 12 and 13. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest. And make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. But now, even more, the report about him went abroad. And great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Well, let us pray now. Lord, as we think about this story, open our eyes to the glory of Christ, and open our eyes to the reality of cleansing, and that Christ is a sufficient Savior, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So some lepers in Jesus' day had it worse than others. Now, did you hear it in verse 12? While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. Do you hear that little word? Full? So, you can imagine if you are sitting in front of the doctor and the doctor says to you, well, that, that little spot, on your on your hand it's it's cancerous but um we'll be able to just zap that thing out of there and you'll be fine or you're sitting in front of the doctor and the doctor looks at you and says to you i am so sorry to have to tell you this but your body is full of cancer now, you see the difference, don't you, the degree of difference. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare leprosy with cancer. I'm just trying to show you there are differences between some kind of, uh, um, well, maybe just a simple uh, little bit of leprosy as compared to, apparently, there's a way to think about leprosy that has just ravaged somebody. And that is exactly what we have here with this man in this story. He was a man who was full of leprosy. Probably what that meant was that he had a failing nervous system. So his extremities, his toes, his feet, his fingers, uh, his hands, his nose, uh, they lacked the kind of feeling there that you would typically have so that the hot air or the freezing The the freezing air or the the boiling water or the sharp edge all did their unfelt damage upon this man. So you can imagine he, he might have had, instead of full hands, maybe stumps. And he might have lost most, if not all, of his nose. And maybe even some of the hair, all of the hair, maybe even his eyebrows, which nobody in the history of the world has ever understood why we have eyebrows. But there they are. And the guy probably didn't have because he just couldn't feel on his extremities. Maybe that's what was going on. Perhaps we should say probably. Or it could be that his extremities were intact, but his skin was just simply covered with sores all over and scabs throughout his body. So whatever the case was, he suffered physically, extremely. But he not only suffered physically, he also suffered emotionally and religiously because those with leprosy um, were forced to live outside of their worshiping community, outside of their family. They weren't going to see mom on Mother's Day. They were out there, and you've heard of this, uh, leper colonies. Um, So they were suffering emotionally. They were suffering religiously because they had to be quarantined and religiously in the sense that if they came upon a person who did not have leprosy um, out there, when they were out in their kind of leper colony, quarantined, but if somebody was coming around the corner and they saw them, what were they supposed to call out? They were supposed to call out to that person, unclean, unclean, as a, a warning. Don't come any closer to me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a danger to you, was kind of the idea. Now, the question would be, could lepers ever recover? Yes, in Jewish law, a leper was ceremonially unclean. He could be welcomed back into his worshiping community, into his family, if he if The leprosy was declared to be in remission by a priest, not like a Catholic priest, but an Old Testament, Old Covenant kind of priest. That's what Jesus is getting at there uh, in verses, you know, 14 and following. So, yeah, it was possible that he could recover. But otherwise, though, lepers lived without normal interaction And really, the realistic prospect for a man like this was that he was going to be like this until death. And then, on top of that, he would have lived with the idea that people would have said to him I'm not saying this is true, it's just what people would have said to him. They would have said, You're like this because this is the judgment of God upon your life. So, um, the leper was lonely, he was miserable. He was hopeless. But then one day, he heard about Jesus. He heard about, to use the language that Luke uses earlier in the gospel, according to Luke, he heard about the promised one, this Isaiahic servant. He heard about the one who was sent to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim. Liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. This is the one who came to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So the leper thought to himself, I have got to find this guy. At whatever cost it is to me, I've got to find this man. See, recognizing his dreadful situation, he took the only logical step, and that was to move toward Jesus. His only hope. And so, once he came upon Jesus, you see what he did? He says he fell on his face, maybe his flat face, and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. See, he was asking for more than healing, wasn't he? He wanted to be healed, but the healing also came with this idea of being cleansed in the religious realm, and so he knew that Jesus could heal him, but he did not presume that Jesus would. He wasn't coming in cockiness. Did did he have any, any, any reason to come in strength? He had no strength. He was coming to Jesus in absolute weakness, and so he didn't presume Jesus would do this, but he did beg him. There was no arrogance, but he begged him. And what was the response of Jesus? Well, Jesus responded. I want to highlight Jesus' response. Really, two wonderful ways Jesus responded to this man. First of all, did you notice he touched him? Did you see that? Did you hear that? Jesus touched this guy. Now, this, this and that. by the way, that word is kind of a, it's a forceful word, this touch. It was kind of a grasp. And this grasp of Jesus would have led to an audible gasp of anybody who was watching this. Why? Because they would have thought, Jesus, what are you doing? You don't go even close to a leper, let alone grab a hold of a leper. You're making yourself unclean, Jesus. Well, they weren't recognizing that a new day had arrived. This was a day of amazing reversals, sometimes accompanied by, he didn't have to do this, but sometimes he did, the tender touch of Christ. So he's not only uh, the authoritative Lord, but he's also the loving Lord. So he touched him, and then second of all, Jesus said, I will. Be clean. And it was at that moment, I, I think we're free to imagine some things start to unfold in this guy's life, start to develop. I mean, it says the leprosy left him. Well, what does that mean? I, I'm not totally sure, other than I know the leprosy was completely gone, but I mean, can we imagine? I think we can. Sores maybe were filled, scabs are filled. Moving off, falling off of his body, replaced with fresh, healthy skin. Rashes began to fade away. Maybe fingers and toes, you know, began to just just come back. I don't know how this all works, but I mean, I know the Lord can do it. This is what he's doing in this man's life. And, and for the first time in so long, the man maybe started to have some eyebrows. Again, kids, what are eyebrows for? Talk about that later with you. I have no idea, but maybe they came back. And for the first time in a long time as well, he felt the the warmth of the sun on his face. Uh, Jesus wasn't made unclean. This man was made clean. Jesus is the Son of God who has all authority over all disease, and he has authority over all of the religious realm. This man wasn't just healed physically, but this man could now be restored spiritually. See, it's always, the priority is always in the spiritual realm. It's always the priority. In the very next story, in the very next story, it's the story in, in Luke 5. It's the, remember the, the, the paralytic and the friends let him down through the roof, and everybody is thinking Jesus is going to do what? He's going to heal this guy physically. And what does Jesus say first? He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Again, why? Because that's the priority. The priority is always in the spiritual realm. Even It's funny how many times you read this stuff, and, and even as I was reading it, just a little bit ago. I'm like, oh, there it is again. Verse 15, Even now more, the report about Him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear Him to be healed of their infirmities. You think, man, Jesus must have just gone to town healing everybody. Guess what? He didn't always do that because He had a bigger agenda than that. Thus, verse 16, He would withdraw to desolate places to pray. The spiritual is always the priority. Now, there's a parallel that I want you to see between the leper and all of humanity. J.C. Ryle, who lived a long time ago, pointed this out as others have, but I like his language here. He says, what are we all but spiritual lepers in the sight of God? Sin is the deadly sickness by which we are all affected. It has eaten into our vitals. Sin has. Sin has infected all our faculties. Heart, conscience, mind, and will, all are diseased by sin. So, in thinking about this parallel... I want to just give you three truths to consider really carefully, and I think we all need to consider these truths. I want want you children to be listening very carefully, and I'm going to begin each of these truths with with this phrase, like the leper, like the leper, okay? So here's truth number one, like the leper, we are in a horrendous predicament. In other words, we come into the world in big trouble, and we're in big trouble with God. We are born sinners at heart, enslaved to sin, and therefore enemies of this one true holy God who must judge he must punish sin so the big the, the great horrendous predicament that we're within is not just our sin it causes enough problems yeah I mean it breaks up relationships it it causes all kinds of chaos even uh, you know in the home. Uh, being disciplined, having to deal with uh, you know sibling rivalry. As we get older, various difficulties come into our lives because of the sin of other people and because of our own sin. That's bad enough, but that's not the horrendous predicament that we are within. The horrendous predicament is all of that is going to get God's judgment if we're left to ourselves. And so, let me just say something to the children, if, uh, if they're still listening. I think they are. They're, they're acting like they're not, but I know better. What this means for you is you don't just need a Savior later on in life. You need a Savior right now because you are in danger Right now. You are in danger of facing the judgment of God today. So it's not like, I'm just going to kind of learn a little more and think a little more. You've been hearing the gospel in this church. Hopefully you've been hearing the gospel at home. Don't put it off. You need a Savior. You need this Savior, this Jesus Today, so I want you to keep listening. And then let let me speak to those of you who are getting older, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, you're just getting older, and you would just be honest. I appreciate the honesty, and you would say, you know what, I'm not a believer. I'm still, and I can really appreciate this honesty, you would say, if I read the Bible and I'm being fair, then the Bible's calling me an enemy of God. I appreciate that honesty, and I just want to say to you, though, um, if you keep rejecting God's provision and God's salvation, which is found only in Jesus, don't think that your heart is going to get softer. That's not how it works. You keep pushing off this Jesus, you're just getting harder and harder and harder, And so one man said, the hardest hearts were soft ones. The calloused hand of toil was once full of soft dimples. The murderer once shuddered when as a boy he crushed a worm. Judas must have been once a tender and impressionable lad. So what what I'm saying to you is, today, if you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Press in. Keep listening. And my hope is, my hope is, some of you are sitting here, and I I don't know many of you at all. I have no clue where you are uh, in in this life, in the history of, of of your life, whatever but I do know that sometimes people are sitting here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, they're not interested. And then one Sunday, they're just kind of like, are you hearing this? This is pretty good stuff. Have you ever heard this before? And one of my prayers is that If you've been bored Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, right now, you're saying, you hear this? I'm actually kind of interested in this. By the way, it has nothing to do with me. Dakota's saying the same stuff. This is why we trust each other. Because we're going to say the same stuff about Jesus. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the Lord, it's like the two uh, the two teenagers. One time, they were sitting in a membership interview to become members of, of their church, and the pastor uh, was was interviewing them. and He said to them, um, "What changed in your life?" And they said, "Oh, well, we don't really know much has changed, but we just know that uh, all of a sudden your sermons aren't boring anymore." And the pastor knew that's true, but. It's not like he had changed much at all. He was still just what had changed, their hearts had changed. God had given them life. And that's that's my hope of what's going on here. Is that this is not boring to you anymore. You're like, this Jesus is glorious. Tell me more. All right, I'm gonna tell you more. Number two, so I said number one, like the leper, we are in a horrendous predicament. Number two, like the leper, we can be rescued immediately out of our horrendous predicament by Jesus Christ. Just like the leper, we can be rescued out of our horrendous predicament, our sin, by Jesus Christ. Uh, Just as Jesus, think about this. Just as Jesus, remember the grasp of the leper, just as he laid hold of this man's diseased flesh in order to heal him, so Jesus became flesh in order to heal sinners spiritually. Now, this is an amazing reality. It's kind of heady stuff. It's, it's, it's uh, mind-boggling stuff, but it's, it's, just try to think about this. While remaining God, Jesus has always been God, while remaining God, Christ became a man, the God-man, in order to die as a substitute for sinful humans, paying their penalty on the cross, that they might be cleansed of their sin, that they would be forgiven of their sins, that, 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 that their, the shame and the guilt... That was upon them because of their sin would be uh, they'd be they could be freed from that. Christ gave His life in their place, in my place, condemned He stood. Is the is the, is the hymn uh, that we sing? Hallelujah! What a Savior! And and the resurrection is saying to us, this is true. Uh, he is the Savior. This, He is the only way. All over the world, there is one saving message everywhere you go in the world. I was in India in January. I go to India and teach in this school every January. Same, they need. They're very different than us in some ways over there in India. They eat different food. My son was with me uh, this January. He loved their food. They would just stand around and watch him. They were just kind of marveling at him as he would just eat all of their food that they put. as Spices, the spicier the better. Uh, they drive on the different side of the road. They, so there are differences. You you go you know just you go to Ohio where I'm from, and there are differences compared to here, compared to we all know California or uh, New Jersey where my wife is from. You know they kind of talk like this over there in New Jersey, and we have, we've had relatives, my you know my, her her uncle and her aunt are down here. We've been hearing that all weekend. There are differences, but then. There are absolute um, things that are totally the same. And one of those is, they need the same Jesus we do. There's no other Savior anywhere in the world. Can you hear them? Sin and despair? Like the sea waves cold? These are my Indian brothers. Threaten the soul with infinite loss. Grace that is greater, yes, grace untold. Points to the refuge, the mighty cross. Dark is the stain that we cannot hide. What can avail to wash it away? Look, there is flowing a crimson tide. Brighter than snow you may be today. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater, I'm sorry, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. It's true for them over there in India. It's true for you here in the United States of America. But it's not enough just to know this. So, like the leper, we're in, a, we're in big trouble. A horrendous predicament. Like the leper... We can be rescued immediately out of our horrendous predicament by Jesus Christ. And then third, like the leper, we must flee to Jesus in order to be saved from our horrendous predicament. you got to go to Christ. You've got to flee to Christ. The leper knew he had no power to, to save himself to cleanse himself, to heal himself. So he, he, he did the only logical thing, and that was he found Jesus, he went to Jesus. He, he certainly went against even social customs. He didn't care. When you're desperate, you don't care. You just go, and he found him, he fled to him because he realized there's no other savior. And so, I can't remember if I told you about my daughter She was my 20-year-old. She was converted last year. Did I tell you this? Do you remember what she said to me the day after she told me she she was truly resting in Christ? She said, Dad, where else can I go? Did Did I share this with you? I'm sharing it with you again. She said, Dad, where else can I go? And she didn't mean is there somewhere else to go? She meant, There's nowhere else to go. This is the Savior. And what I'm saying to you from this story, if you are not a believer, is where else can you go? There is nowhere else to go. And and the, the beautiful thing here is if you come to this Jesus, he is the Savior of sinners, even the outcasts, even the worst. I mean... You see it here, in a way, with the leper. And it's meant to be a picture of the extensive grace of this Jesus toward any of us who come to him. He has a perfect record, man. You know what his perfect record is? Always receiving those who come to him by faith. He is perfect at receiving them and saving them and cleansing them and forgiving them. And so I just am saying to you, uh, in the providence of God, here I am. I had no idea at 6 a.m. I was going to be here, but I'm here right now. And I just think, not coincidental, I'm saying to you, please flee to this Jesus and you will be saved. Please. He won't reject you. Now, if you are a believer, I hope this just is is good to your soul. Let me tell you what this is meant to do. When we just stop and we just think about the gospel, it's meant, first of all, to revive your confidence in this Jesus. Just to say, yeah, that's, that's my Savior. That's my Jesus right there. It was supposed to do that for Theophilus who received the gospel and Acts, Luke, Acts together, it's supposed to bolster his faith. And I hope just this little story is bolstering your faith in this awesome Christ. That's what it's meant to do, revive your confidence. It's also meant to remind us of, uh, I'm sorry, it's meant to uh, rekindle, it's meant to rekindle our gratitude. Um, We get flat, we get cold. Jonathan Edwards said, we increase spiritual appetites by meditating on spiritual objects. Well, there's no greater object to meditate upon than the gospel. And so I hope it's just not only giving you confidence, but just causing you to well up within on this day, thankfulness uh, to the Father for giving us His Son and opening our eyes Um, to His glory. And then it's meant to remind us of what must be central. You know what's about to come. And, And don't think that this church might be immune to the division that can come in a political season and what can become central. I think we should be engaged politically I mean, that's another message for another time. Well, Yeah, we should be engaged politically. But are we going to make that the central thing of our churches? If we do, you just wait. It will be uh, the, the slipperiest of slopes down away from what must remain central, and that is this glorious Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, talk about it. You know, think about how we should interact as believers. All of that is true. We should be engaged, but not engrossed. Let's be engrossed in this Jesus. So this is meant to remind us of what must be central in our lives and in our churches. And then lastly, it's, um, it's meant to renew our efforts to take the, this good news even to people who are full of sin. You remember the leper is full of leprosy? Well, this story is meant to renew our efforts to take this good news to people who are full of sin. And it is unhinged now, culturally. Isn't it? It's just like everything's. It feels like it's wide open and we can be repelled and And on the one hand, as believers, we're repelled at all sin, including our own, yes. But stories like this are meant to encourage us toward those who are broken and who are needy and who are lost. We just had uh, two weeks on Wednesday nights. It was the same thing each night. We had different groups of people there uh, on a biblical response to transgenderism. It's being forced upon a lot of individuals in our church at the workplace. Now, we're not talking about loving your neighbor. We're talking about affirming or else. Um, The latest statistic, one out of four high school students identify as one of the letters L, B, G, what, all the different... Now, is that true? I'm not sure because there's kind of a contagion as far as uh, popularity and what you want to do, but even if it's one out of five or one out of ten, it's just, I'm just highlighting this is, this is our culture now, and what are we going to do about it as believers? I think one thing we've got to do about it uh, is, is we've got to realize um, sin is sin. It's not like these are the only sins. We had our sins that we needed to repent of, and maybe some of that sin was your sin. But That doesn't mean run away now. I walk into uh, Savers down on Barry Road, and uh, it's kind of like, I, I'm, I'm not kidding, everywhere I looked, it, every direction I looked, it appeared that there were those who were trying to promote transgenderism. What am I going to do? Am I just going to say... This is not what God wants. This is so frustrating. Or am I going to move toward people who need the same gospel that I needed when I was lost in my sin? It's a story like this that reminds us: let's move toward people. Let's love them. Let's let's show them Christ. Let's give them Christ. He receives people and He changes, He transforms people. And if the reality is if any anybody here is wondering about that in your life, um, I just would encourage you to reach out to people who um, know this Jesus and can help you. So this is meant to renew our efforts to take this good news to even people who are full of sin. There's nobody like Jesus, is there? Let's pray together. Lord, we're so thankful uh, for this story. We've heard it before. We've thought about it before, many of us, but it's good to just be reminded of who Jesus is and uh, how far His grace extends. That's uh, the picture there that really does show us that we are born sinners in need of this Savior and that if we go to Him, He won't reject us. He'll cleanse us and save us and forgive us. Lord, help us to to go to Him if we haven't, and then if we have, to just be renewed in our love for Him, our gratitude, our confidence in Him. Um, help, Help this church to keep Him central in the days ahead, and help us, Lord, to take this good news to the lost, even those who are full of sin, who are obviously and blatantly against Him. Give us courage and give us love in our hearts for the lost. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.